so, so JP, we've got this uh, Canadian Society of Addiction Medicine, the annual conference. Yes. And you and I, I think we're both on the planning uh, committee. We are. Uh, and you've got some work. You're going to be doing some presentation or a presentation or several. I'm not sure. I'd love to hear about what uh, you're going to be involved with over the next uh, four or five days in uh, Victoria. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I have, uh, I'm doing a few things there, I think. Um, but uh, I guess the... Uh, uh, a couple of the interesting things are I'm going to be uh, moderating a symposium on involuntary care. <laughs> you, you, you are. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, that, that's going to, that's a hot button topic. That's a. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm like, uh, like I, like I said in my, in my talk, I'm somebody who usually avoids controversy, but uh, this conference I'm, 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 I'm jumping in. Oh my Jumping goodness. Oh my yeah. goodness. So, 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 so I, I do a lot of talks on involuntary care, but I, I sort of, don't talk about the involuntary care thing that you're going to be talking about. Yes. So this is a uh, uh, Dave Crockford. Crockford. Dr. Sorry. Crockford from Calgary. Uh, yes, Dr. Crockford. Yeah, addiction psychiatrist sorry, there. I've, yeah. uh, missed his name there. And uh, Rob Tangay. Yeah, addiction psychiatrist in Calgary. Yeah. So these are the two gentlemen, the two opposing parties, or not opposing parties, but uh, taking different sides of the argument. And uh, and I'll be uh, kind of in the middle of them and uh, fielding, I guess, whatever tomatoes are thrown our way in the stage. I mean, I mean, this is going to be tough because, you know, taking away individual rights is very, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's a very uncomfortable thing, you know, yeah. to do, uh, to experience, you know, from the, the patient side. And, and I know some people were quite uh, upset at the framing of it. Why would you be debating something that's affecting people's lives so much? Well, I mean, then that's uh, that's why I got to tune in. Uh, and it, uh, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's it'll be. Like, I wonder. I wonder if there's like a different language that could be used. Like the discussion about uh, the the risks and benefits related to involuntary treatment. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion this week, even about trying to define the definition of involuntary treatment. Yeah. Um, and there didn't seem to be some commonality to that. Um, so, so I think we're still, we're still kind of coming up with a definition, yep. uh, cause the word treatment, I mean, it, it could be so many things. It could mean, you know, a, an assessment in the emergency room, or it could be, uh, are you talking about residential treatment, uh, where someone stays for 90 days and they're forced to be there? Um, or are you talking about, you know, perhaps as an alternative to an incarceration, uh, if someone's already got a sentence and, and it's, you know, um, uh, these are these are all different things that have been you know kind of thrown out there as possibilities of it. Yeah, so I mean, it's not new to the psychiatric world, uh, and you know, I don't know every province's uh, regulation, but in Ontario, um, uh, we have the Mental Health Act, right? right. And the Mental Health Act, uh, you know, uh, if someone's a uh, harm to themselves, you know, like sort of a suicide risk, uh, danger to others, either threats or, or action, or they don't have the ability to care for themselves. Right. Like for example, it's minus forty degrees; they're like sitting there naked in the cold. Uh, they they don't realize that they could die in that. Uh, situation. Uh, those are reasons that you can keep people for up to 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And then they have a form three that's for 14 days that the person can challenge. And there's a whole other category of the person's not capable for treatment decisions. So they're not able to understand or, or appreciate. And it's designed for the Mental Health Act. And it's mainly used for mental health conditions. I, I It's rarely used for substance use uh, conditions, although right. people are arguing that if somebody has a life-threatening medical condition where they'll die within a day or two, um, you can use this act to keep people in hospital for a day or two until that condition is no longer life threatening. But once you get into like 
six days, 14 days, 30 days. I, I'm not familiar with that. I also know in the legal system, you they can do that as well, right? So they can force somebody to undergo treatment uh, if they're not fit to stand trial. So they could force them to undergo uh, stay in a psychiatric hospital, um, take antipsychotic medications until they're fit to stand at trial. Um, but in terms of the substance use treatment in, in Ontario, I, I don't know anything around that uh, that lens. You know, I don't think there's anything where you can force people for substance use uh, care or treatment uh, for an extended period of uh, time. Right. And I know the Mental Health Act is different a little bit in, in each province, but each is, province yeah. does have one. Um, now, as I understand it, help me if I'm wrong here on this, can you, um, is this a little bit, I mean, there there are all kinds of nuances to the Mental Health Act and, you know, where, Absolutely, where yeah. I work and, and there's a lot of practicalities to it as well. It's like, uh, I've, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think I will be, you know, talking out of, out of turn by saying it, you know, I've, I've supported patients that you have advocated for to be formed and uh, taken them down to the emergency room. And, uh, and the, the doctor there just said, no. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and, and that, that's a, a rather frustrating experience, right? So there's, there's that, there's that aspect of it too. But then also in the same way, it could be up to interpretation, whether addiction would fall under some of these things. But again, as a practical matter, who's going to follow through with it, right? You don't have the resources to support the patients you've got. The amount of resources to form somebody are significantly higher, right? You've yeah, got to, you've, yeah, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to do a lot more for that patient. You've got, you know, appeals, you've got all kinds of different uh, yeah, processes yeah. that has to go through to support someone who's on a form and disputes it. And, and it's been pretty established, you know, for, I think, uh, depression with uh, suicidality, bipolar disorder, aggression, um, schizophrenia, psychosis, not so much with a uh, substance use. And when you expand to an area that's not traditionally uh, done, there are going to be some hurdles and stuff that come there. And, and you know, the sad thing is, you know, I've, I've only been practiced uh, maybe 12 years, uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, and um, there's cases where, you know, I've advocated for the, the form and it's gone well. I've advocated for the form. It's not gone well. I've not given the form. It's gone well. I've not given the form. It's... Uh, uh, not going well. like I, I just the, the full permutations combinations are, uh, are are there, and and the level of risk is similar in all these cases, right? Uh, around what decision you make and when or why or um, or, or how, and and uh, yeah, I I mean I, I'm not, I'm not even sure if I'll be able to attend the debate per se because I find some of these topics uh, quite emotionally charged, and and you always worry about. Um, organizations or people applying them in a way where maybe it's not intended and vulnerable people are harmed, you know, uh, from it. And, and that's the part I always, uh, always worry about. So I admire you for um, agreeing or choosing to be a part of the moderation uh, process. Uh, I, I know you care deeply about the people that you, you work with and your, your colleagues, and you know it's an essential conversation to have, right? Because you've, you've known patients uh, where at times they... Um, aren't able to make the decisions that's in their best long-term interest or make the decision that fits with their goals and values. And you've known them at other times, you know, where um, they, they are able to. And uh, there are times where they would have even wished that somebody could have sure. kept them there for a little longer, you know, yeah, and, uh, and yeah. them a little bit better first. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, the, there's, there's, there's a lot of aspects that kind of go through my mind. First of all, like, you know, who, who's making this decision? Yeah. And, and, and who do I trust to make this decision, right? It's yeah. like, and, and how well do they know the patient who's making, you know, yeah. it's all these things sort of just, you know, and um, are there some people that, uh, you know, would, uh, but 
they'll circle back a different way. Are there situations where um, we can't even provide care to people that want the care? It's very hard for me to imagine a world where we have so much resources that we can put people into care that don't want the care, right? Yeah. Like that, that I think isn't the first step of this or the first step of any kind of conversation about this to, in, to my mind is make sure that if somebody wants to go into detox, they can go today. And if they want to go to treatment right after that in seven days, they can go there. And let's start with that, you know, as a first step before yeah. we start talking about putting all these resources into, into confining people into, into mm-hmm. care, right? It's, that, that, that's just kind of what one of the one of the things that kind of crossed my mind on on this particular issue. Like, are there other problems we should try to solve first, right? That are less controversial. Yeah, yeah. You know, that makes a makes a lot of uh, sense. You know, um, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure where all this stuff uh, came from. You know, there's some political stuff they took up in the news with Alberta changing certain legislation. Yes. But when I when I tried to read it and read it in, in depth, it wasn't so far off from what you see in the psychiatric uh, literature, right, or in psychiatric practice in Ontario, right. Uh, where you you can sometimes keep somebody in hospital for fourteen and then thirty days, and and you have a panel of uh, of a community member, a lawyer, uh, yep. a physician uh, that uh, hears the case, and people make the arguments uh, for it. Uh, so I mean, let's let's see how but that's this- a hospital, and presumably like treatment. What's what is treatment? Is treatment talking about? Can we put them? Can we give them supplicate? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm you know, not sure you can give them saying. an antipsychotic in the in the psychiatric. Yeah. Right. You could decide to give a patient antipsychotic and that's your decision and you could make that decision. Right. Yeah. Uh, now for, you know, well, addiction. Well, I mean, well, it's not that, that I could make the decision, but uh, you, you have to get a substitute decision maker if the person is not capable. So they'll have very, I mean, obviously they'll take my advice. Who's on they it. in your sentence? So, so. If it was your patient and, and you formed them, would it not be up to you to make the decision if they were to be given no, no, because because you have to get a substitute decision maker. So so if you, so in, in Ontario, it's different in BC. In Ontario, taking away someone's rights to for freedom, you know, so you keep them in a facility for say up to seventy two hours, is very different than permission to treat them for that condition. Okay. Yeah, and so so what you have to do is you have to do an assessment for capacity. So you have to see do they understand and appreciate uh, you know the illness. So for example, if somebody has uh, schizophrenia or psychosis, you'll have to explain to them you know what psychosis is, you know uh, what the risks and benefits of treating it are, and what the risks and benefits of no treatment are. And a lot of people can understand it. The part that they don't always appreciate that it could apply to themselves in this situation. So for example, you could have somebody saying that no, no, I, you're right. I have psychosis. I hear voices. This makes it go away, and it's better now. And I plan to take oral medications when I when I leave, uh, and then if uh, if they demonstrate four or five times that they they aren't continuing them, then you can almost say that they don't appreciate it. And then there's there's very rigid rules around who you go to. So you have a list of family members you have to go through in order, right? So things like spouse, kids, parents, like it, it goes in a very specific order. And and if you can't find any of them, then you go to a public guardian and trustee. The Family is going to take your opinion into consideration. So if I say, you know, I think this person would benefit from this, they'll take, but at the end, they get to decide. So I have people that I would want on an injection or want an oral, uh, and then the person uh, who's a substitute decision maker may not agree to it. So okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so no, that makes uh, sense. Can you explain to me the next step of the community treatment orders and how that gets implemented? Yeah, so that, that's something specific for uh, Ontario, right? Okay. Uh, that's specific for, for Ontario, and you need a few conditions to, to be there, right? And 
this was done in the early 2000s where there was a lot of family members of people with uh, psychosis or schizophrenia that just, they couldn't get their family member treated, you know, for it. And so they found a way to, to create this uh, loophole. So if the person's been hospitalized for 30 days or two hospitalizations for more than a few days uh, or um, a previous uh, community treatment order that they've had, and there's one other criteria in the last two years, um, and they're incapable for treatment decisions, uh, then you can um, apply for this community treatment order uh, for them. And you would need the substitute decision maker involved, right? So this could be the, the family member, the loved one, or if there's no family member, it would be the public guardian uh, and, uh, and trustee. And then you go through the process of going through a hearing uh, where you would, you would implement it, right? And then the person would have to come in uh, to the number of visits or the number of appointments that you would lay out for them as the uh, um, a person who is um, monitoring the community treatment order, but you have to do it with the consent of the substitute uh, decision maker. Okay. And every six months, uh, it's up for renewal. So you'd have to find a way to renew it and get permission and all that stuff. And it's not used for substance use. It's used nope. mainly for yeah. psychosis, uh, bipolar, depression, uh, things like that. Yeah. So it, no, I, I, I know it's not. And I'm just wondering, the reason I ask or bring it up, I'm wondering if, if these are the sort of, you know, if somebody was on, if, if that process would be followed in an involuntary care pathway in the same way uh, or a similar way. Yeah, so that, that's where I get confused because like when I was looking on uh, Twitter and newspaper articles, uh, they were very strongly worded. When I tried to find the actual documentation, it was done very similarly to the mental health one that was there, where if you have somebody who's not done well over a certain period of time, they would have a panel that would make a decision about whether or not treatment's indicated or not for the, the person. I mean, the, the challenge is that, you know, I can say with some certainty that for a good percentage of people, if you have uh, psychosis or schizophrenia, an antipsychotic can make the psychosis go away. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I can say that for different uh, addiction treatments, right? Like it's not so black and white. No, for sure. And I'm not sure what the eff efficacy or the effectiveness of these uh, treatments are. Especially if you don't have the consent of the patient, we we know there could be grave danger to that because you've got issues of tolerance, you've got all kinds of things, right? Which we know that from when we're putting people into incarceration, uh, just Generally, if they're incarcerated, yep, yep. we know the risk of overdose when they come out of incarceration oh, is, high, is off the charts, it's, right? It's very high, so yeah. that I would yeah. think there could be some parallels to absolutely res forced be. residential treatment to a incarceration. I mean, I, I don't have. Let's any see. Let's see. I mean, the the, the challenge is that you know it's uh, it's uh, it's almost like these. Um, I don't know what the word is. I, I, I want to say straw man, but I don't know enough about. Um, Straw men. The world or a straw man, yeah, to, to make it. it. It's all these hypotheticals, right? And, yeah. and we don't know until we see how it ends up getting uh, played uh, played out. True, true. Uh, and, and, and yeah, and, and I don't know how it'll get uh, played uh, played out. I, I just, uh, it's, I'm, I'm glad the conversation's happening. It would be nice if they framed it as a conversation or dialogues as opposed to a debate because a debate implies a right or a wrong. And, uh, you know, I don't think there is a right. Symposium. Oh, it's a symposium. Symposium. Oh, so it's not a debate. It's a symposium. It's a symposium. Oh, there we go. There we go. Good. So they've already uh, yeah. changed the language. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, and, and as a moderator, like, um, how do you create a space so that everyone can speak, you know, and speak at the right time and uh, not interrupt each other and uh, not have it get too, uh, too heated, you know, but yeah. also a place where the ideas are actually expressed. So you're not silencing yes. anyone in what they, uh, what they say, so... Well, the, uh, the person putting this together is uh, a colleague of ours, uh, Nicole Bootsman, who's uh, a pharmacist yep. out in Saskatoon. And she, uh, I understand, is going to have a, she's going to have a little timer and she's going to be sitting in the front row with her timer to make sure that people are 
managing their times, right? So they're not yeah. nobody's. Uh, Is are, are people in the audience going to be able to ask questions? Well, too? we're we have we're we're going to have some input from. Uh, for, we we have a list of questions already. We'll hopefully get some. Uh, we're trying to get a forum so they could uh, post some questions, maybe in the app that they uh, that we're working on as well, like the conference app, perhaps. Yeah, no, I think I think that'd be great. I think I think you have to have uh, space for some of those difficult questions and those difficult uh, conversations. It just has to be done in a way that uh, the dialogue can uh, continue. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about, but I, I, I have been uh, pushing for uh, if someone is like near death or they have like an abscess, that's going to take away their ability to walk. I, I do I do push for a couple of days of uh, using the Mental Health Act, uh, try to make sure they get the medical care so they don't lose their ability to walk, so they don't die within a day or so. And I, I wouldn't do it for the overdose risk. I would do it for the, the medical condition, right? Whether it was like the uh, diabetic ketoacidosis or a heart attack or a stroke or, or something like uh, like that. It comes off well and uh, and balanced, and um, I know there's a lot of passions about this stuff, but I think conversation and dialogue is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean even if it's not not balanced, you know, as long as people get to speak and uh, share, you know, their their truth, and uh, and there's a broader understanding for the people who attend about the issue and why it's such a hot button topic and why it's so uh, controversial and why it's so upsetting for people with lived experience. You know, I, I think that itself would have. Uh, of a value. Thanks for watching. If you like what you saw, please feel free to like and subscribe. That way you'll get notified when we come out with new content. We try to come out with new content about uh, every week or so. So anyway, thanks again and see you soon.